As you're listening to me, Daisy, Apple's iPhone disassembly robot, is dismantling an iPhone into lots of recyclable parts. That's how Apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods. Thanks, Daisy. There's more to iPhone. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is a podcast from The Times, sports newspaper of the year. Hello, I'm Gabriel Marcotti, and I'm sorry I have a bit of a cold, so bear with me. You're listening to The Game, the podcast from The Times, chronicling the biggest and best action this season. And not just that, but the North London Derby too. Helping me achieve this today will be Matt Dickinson, Julian Lawrence, and we have a debutante. It's Clive Petty. We'll travel to Carrow Road in a short while, but we start at the Emirates. I Arsenal and Spurs, which um, I, I watched this game on television. Everybody told me what a fantastic game it was, and it was brilliant. So much skill and talent on, on, on display. And by the way, this wasn't Sky. This was actual match of the day as well. Um, so I'm guessing everybody's in complete agreement this was the greatest match ever. Dicko, yes? No. No? Why, thank you. A dissident dissenter. Dissident dissenting Dicko. How come? I know. I mean, it was, it was uh, seven goals and um, a huge swing in, um, in fortunes for both teams after a start. But no, I, I thought, you know, Adebayor should have gone off clearly. But um, I think it would have been a far more interesting game if uh, it stayed on. Because I think Tottenham had, um, you know, Tottenham had been bold, the two strikers. And uh, I think Arsenal were, were suffering. And um, I, I just think, it, yeah, it would have been a... It would have been a cracking game um, if uh, Adebayo hadn't been so damn stupid. Uh, Clive, we'll, we'll, we'll take a closer look at Adebayo in a minute, but Andre Villas-Boas um, opts for this four-four-two formation, which uh, he hadn't played in the league before this season. Uh, it was weird as he kind of used the, the, the sort of Defoe and Adebayor, it's difficult to fit them together because of my high line and pressing game and all this jazz. So fools like myself actually believed him when he said there's a good tactical reason why these two guys can't play together. And then boom, he plays them together. Were you expecting it? Is this something you want to see again? It is something I'd like to see again, yes. I think, um, it's, well, especially at home, I know this was at the Emirates, but um, watching one man up front, Defoe, running his socks off as a lone player at home is not going to go down too well with what Art Lane faithful um, um, and I think on Saturday it did show that I was I was quite impressed when they came out with the way they started that game they were the main team in that game for the first 10-15 minutes and it could quite easily have been 2-0 uh, and Dicko's absolutely right the, the sending off completely changed the game um, and so no one knows how it, how it would have sort of uh, panned out but yeah I think it is something he should uh, uh, he should persevere with ABB and if it's and if we do find that perhaps Defoe and Adebayo it's not as if he doesn't have options I mean Dempsey is still wandering around on the left hand side a bit as far as I can see which is what he kind of did at Fulham he could bring him in Bale can uh, do that I think they're sort of lacking 
the spark that uh, Van der Vaart kind of gave, brought the team last season when he played with Adebayor. But there were there are options in that Tottenham team, so he doesn't have to stick with that um, one player up front. Four four two can work. Julian, I know you like to laugh and humiliate Spurs, so. Um, I disagree just about everything that Clive said because if you play four four two, you kind of have to play two sort of um, destroyers in midfield, which you just did with Sandra and Huddleston, and you might do that away from home against um, against Arsenal, but you're not going to do it at home. I mean, is, is it could could you picture Villas Boas playing one holding midfielder, um, or because if, if you necessarily have to play Sandra and Huddleston or, or Scott Parker, should he ever come back, then. What was the point of signing Sigurdsson and Dempsey and Dembele and all these guys who can actually play? Yeah, I mean, I find it hard to follow Villas-Boas, I have to say, this season. I've watched them a lot because of, obviously, Hugo Lloris uh, now, so I have to go to Wahar Lane a lot and follow them. But no, but I think William Gallus would like it if you said you followed them because of him. True, which is not true. Um, but I, I, I'm lost a bit, I have to say. I think he's changing... Um, a lot of things. I, I think it was bold to, to start four four two. I think once the sending off, he should have taken one of the offensive players off and put another defensive midfielder. And clearly, they were far too exposed because Lennon and Bale, you know, didn't defend enough, in my opinion, when they were down to ten men. And I think why did the halftime was just completely stupid as well. Sorry, it was completely stupid as well to go three at the back. It, it, I, I know, I'm really, I'm really, really struggling to follow him this season. I have to say. Clive, can you follow him? You have faith. Well, um, he said he dominated the game, right? Afterwards, yeah, yeah as well. Yeah, I, I think that was a bit over the top. I have to say, I'm not quite sure how you can come out with a statement of dominating game and you know, telling Spurs fans they should have been proud of their team. I mean, you know, take a look at the scoreline, AVB. It was five-two. There's nothing to be. You know, you just lost. There's only two games outside of games that you, you know you're going to win a trophy for or qualify for Europe. There's only two games Tottenham fans kind of want to or don't want to lose this season, and that was one of them. You know, you don't want to lose to Arsenal, and five two uh, uh, so to say dominating the game but I suspect he was trying a sort of almost Fergie-esque Mancini-esque tactic of you know we'll talk about what I'm saying rather than take the heat off the Adebayor situation and, and the fact they got beat so now we're talking about you know I'm saying we you know we dominated the game rather than the fact we lost um, but I mean I quite I I was quite encouraged by the fact that you know it was three one. They they had nothing to lose. They they came out in the second half and they still kind of went for it. And and uh, even at four one, at four two, they had chances to make it four three. They we really did. I mean that, but that may well be down to the basic ina- inadequacies of the Arsenal defence. I've never seen an Arsenal defence look so ridiculously nervous still. Even at, you know when you're four one four two up at home, I mean they, they, it was ridiculous. I don't know what's going on with that team. They still don't quite believe that they're good enough to keep them out. Um, well, and I think that was you know Spurs could have uh, capitalised on that. Well, well, I disagree. I do disagree, Julian, on, on that. I mean, I, I, um, I obviously had to watch it on on TV um, as well, so you, you can never be totally sure what you're seeing. But yeah, I, I thought the tactical switch at half time. Obviously, it didn't work to perfection, but it's it, um, far from it. But I, I thought it made some logical sense to go to the, the three and, and get the extra body in midfield once you were down at 10 men. And as Clive says, they, they did have chances and did did make um, Arsenal twitch. So, I, you know, I don't think I don't think the performance was, was as bad as the scoreline. But, uh, Dicko, is it ever a good idea? I mean, you know, you know how nasty people in the media are and childish. It, is it ever really a good idea for a manager to say that his team dominated when they ship five goals and lose by three goals? 
Is there ever a scenario where it's actually like in his interest and in his team's interest to come out and say that? Well, certainly not in, in AVB's interest because it just seems to add another layer of sort of um, eccentricity. And he's, you know, the the the, the, the crowd, you know, the crouching on the touchlines that I think people make sort of too much of, but they do make something of. And uh, sorry, can you, you know, can you explain that, please? The crouching on the sideline because I. For for our for I say as you know I'm not from these shores and and we have a lot of listeners uh, who listen to the game podcast around the globe, and you know y'all have your quirks, but this having a go at him for crouching on the sidelines, and the amount of time devoted to discussing it, really mystifies people. Can, well, you, can you explain I, what's? But, but it's it's it mystifies. It's mystifying, but at the same time it's compelling. I mean, you know, Ch- uh, Chelsea where we and at Tottenham where you. Get, um, I mean, he's, he's he's unlucky that he's chosen um, to work in two clubs in England where the press sit about three feet away from um, from from behind the dugout, so you get to see the full the full show, um, which often um, uh, often can be absolutely compelling. Where you have him sort of um, prancing around, crouching, stamping, um, waving waving his arms like um, well, at, at, at times like a sort of matador, at times like a toddler throwing a tantrum um no i mean i find it some i find it something that's sort of a little bit amusing but i'm certainly not going to judge him as a manager by it um uh so you know it's, it's something it's something that sort of it should be commented on as with a sort of um with a smile i don't you know no one no one should be reading too much into his tactical genius based on the fact that he um he sort of crouches down like he's got a groin made of titanium well, he's obviously done his kegels there. Um, uh, Julian, on the Adebay or red card, I don't think we need to debate it. That Nobody wants to argue that it should not have been a red, right? There you go. Um, but uh, our, our old colleague, Patty Barkley, um, described the uh, Tottenham assistant, Stefan Freund, uh, who patted Adebayor on the back as something that rhymes with Hillock. Um, now... Is it really such a big deal that, I mean, obviously this is rash, it was stupid, I think it's his fourth red car in, in England, so he does things like this, but um, he had to go, but it wasn't like nasty, some kind of, you know, I will wreak vengeance on you, you small Spanish man, right? Yeah, no, no, but but why then? Why, why friend felt the need to like, sort of pay him on the shoulder saying like either he was like saying well, well done well, don't worry we're still going to win or I, I just didn't get the sense of why you would you know someone like Fergie or Mourinho you know whoever well, even a lower league manager would have been so bloody angry at Adebayor because clearly Spurs were so well in the game that that everybody knew at that time that would change and that they, they probably would lose it why why would you do that why? You know, if if I was Villas Boas, if I was Daniel Levy, I would find Adebayo two weeks' wages, something like that, for what he did on Saturday. Would you find Stefan Freund too? Well. He is German. <laughs> um, Clyde, well, you, you were one of those people, presumably a few years ago, who was cheering Stefan Freund on. You probably had a large Stefan Freund uh, poster like in your a room. Collection of Stefan Freund shirts with the name on the back. Yeah, entirely. Um, are, are you okay with that? Um. I, I I really have no opinion on it one way or the other, really. I mean, apart from the fact it's a sort of tackle Stefan Freund probably used to make himself back in the day. He probably saw a little bit of himself in, uh, in, in the actions. But um, perhaps he just thought that even Adi Bayor, perhaps, perhaps he saw something that even Adi Bayor had realised, my God, what the hell have I just done there? Uh, and so, you know, it was just, OK, 
away he goes son. that's the only explanation I can think of I personally would have just let him wander off straight down the tunnel straight into a taxi and out of North London anyway because I didn't really want to look at him then either because I, I'm with Julius I was thinking well that's the game gone it, it, the game's done now alright from one large francophone uh, striker to his uh, photo negative um Giroud, Dicko, uh, when he looks good, he's tall, he's elegant, chest out, and intelligent player, obviously. Um, when he's not good, he's sloughing chances and looks kind of slow and gets pushed around a little. Um, are you on board yet after this performance? Did you see enough, even with all of Arsenal's foibles? Well, was it, I mean, the way he took the chance was to sort of poach us, poaching you know, goal that we, we'd basically given up um, expecting from him hadn't we so I mean that was I, you know I, I don't I don't think I'm going to go swimmingly on board just yet um, I think I need to I, I think I need to see more we can say that he's um, a drastic improvement on Shamak now I think with some um, some confidence um, but then so would you be yeah um, I think Thank but you. I, yeah I, I don't I don't think I'm going to sort of rubber stamp it and say you know Wenger great signing um, great signing just yet and I wouldn't do that about Podolski um, either. Um, I, you know, I think he's been inc- incredibly inconsistent. Um, I would say of all their, their sort of decisions, but that, um, that they should more. There was more evidence of of why they just need to get this thing with Walcott resolved and, and keep him because you know he he has a use not just in that squad really? but in that team. You think so? Even even at that kind of money, you'd you'd, you'd keep him. Well, I, I think you know they're, they're, they're disagreeing over. You know, over over not a lot as, as far as I, as far as I'm aware. He's, they're not. You know, if you let him go for nothing, he's going to cost more, an awful lot more to replace. So but don't you wait? Wait, sorry, I'm going to play devil's advocate here because well, gee, it's not like you haven't known me for years and you don't know that I don't do that. But is he going to cost a lot to replace, or do they have Oxlade Chamberlain? And well, he's a different player. Oxlade Chamberlain is a, a, a different player, and uh, who, who wants to be a more central player. And doesn't Walcott want to be a more central player too? With all no, this rubbish on playing centre forward, not as a striker. I mean, you know, as a potentially as a you know, Oxlade Chamberlain can play wing. He can play inside forward, but there's and there's expectation that he can probably play a sort of attacking central midfield as well. So, uh, you know, I don't think he's ever going to be a Walcott type player. It's just you know, if you if you allow Walcott to go, you're effectively allowing at least you know, 15, 20 million just to walk out the door and it's um, yeah, there is, there is an eco- a sensible economy to be had here by, by you know, compromising somewhere paying, you know, they don't have to to um, break the bank and they can keep a guy who um, you know, say, justifies a place in the starting 11, never mind the squad Ooh, um, well, Dicko's in the Walcott camp, Julian. Um, the flip side of that argument is uh, if you keep him, you're tying yourself up for to spend £20 million on a guy who has fits and starts and at 24 is probably running out of alibis. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with Dicko, though. I think they would keep him. I think if Giroud scored five in five in the last five, mostly because Theo is back in the team. And I think they've got a great understanding. I think the crosses are coming from the right-hand side for Giroud, for example, mostly by Theo and, and Sanya as well. And I think Sanya's return was important for that as well. But no, I, I, you know, I, I think... Um, I, I, yeah, again, I agree with Dico in terms of... It's not much money, I think, in, in over what they're disagreeing. And I think it would cost much more to replace him and to get then a player at the level he is now. 
But you know, you said it would cost a normal club much more, but you know it wouldn't cost Wenger much more because he'd spend two million pounds on somebody and they would... But it won't have the same result as what Walker can bring the team. That's that's the thing. All right, let's get a neutral here because he, are you surprised by what by, by, by what you're hearing? I mean, I, for me personally, I don't think there's many players who deserve five million pounds a year. I'm assuming that's it. Arsene, you're the insider, Wenger, um, Julian. That's roughly what we're talking here. Yes, 100 grand a week? Yeah. That range, yeah. Um, to give five million pounds to this guy who's had eight years to um, kind of establish himself at the club, to me, makes no sense whatsoever at this point. You know, you either commit to him or you don't commit to him. They didn't commit to him before. Yes, we can say they should, should, should have sold him, whatever. At this point, isn't there an argument to cut your losses? Because if you start paying, is this exactly what we're talking about, the issue with Arsenal where they have this enormous wage bill, but then they can't hold on to their stars, and part of it is because the supposed squad players or, or you know, the, the guys who are squad regulars but not quite superstars make far too much money, isn't this? But he's not a squad regular, though, Gab. Well, whatever the hell he is, he's not a superstar. He's not one of the top five players, right? Well, he's a key and, player, I think. Is I he? I really do. I really do. And I really do. I mean, I think I think on Saturday he showed it again. Who's more important than Walcott at Arsenal? In my in my opinion, yes. So you you can't come up with anybody you're thinking yeah, about. Yeah, it. yeah, no, no, no. So do you yeah, want me to help thinking. you? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me, yeah. yeah maybe Casola, yeah. Yeah, Fermanen. that's one. Vermalen is more imp- our left back at the moment is more important yeah. than than Theo. Fermanen to the team, yeah. I mean, yeah, you in think? My opinion, yeah. I think he's been a burden for the last five games easily. I mean, the mistakes he made against well, he United. Made, he's, he's playing badly when he's playing when, when, when he's playing a left back. It's not his position, but I mean. But even in the centre, he made mistakes. I think Vermaelen's in a. I think I have to agree with Gab. I think he is important to the team. I think he's in a pretty bad run at the moment, um, and unfortunately, those mistakes are being heavily punished, which is kind of unfortunate for him. But I think he is a, a sort of um, one of the sort of mainstays, you know, you person you'd look for in a very jittery Arsenal defence. I'd hate to think what would happen if uh, Vermaelen wasn't in that Arsenal defence at the moment, because I don't think eh, Mertesacker is the one that I don't get. He's supposed to be an incredibly experienced German defender, and just gets dragged all over the place. I mean, he was, did he score was a nice goal, though. He did score. No, he didn't. Forget that goal. <laughs> um, but I, I, I kind of agree with, with, with the same Walker. I, I think I quite like Walker. I mean, you know, I, he's an exciting player. I'm, Do you like him enough to give him five million pounds a year? Hundred thousand pounds a week for a guy where effectively you're admitting you're still looking for a role for this guy in your team is is kind of a lot of money. Um, um, but having said that, uh, I think you're right. Giroud is benefiting a lot from Walcott being in the team at the moment. I mean, he used to be, you know, I think actually not so much this game, but the game, uh, the Fulham game, the, the two headers. That's a that's a great dimension to add to add to an Arsenal team that they really didn't have it for. They didn't really yeah, score a lot of crosses from you know with a guy on the end of it nodding it in. They would just try to work it in the box all the time and took ages. Uh, and I think uh, Julian's right. That is, I think the um, the added bonus of having guys going down wide, getting crosses, and that's Walker. And he's as you say, uh, Sanya, which I think well, actually there's another guy I would say is as important to that team as, as Walker. I mean, the, the the thing when he came back was was noticeable. Moving on to East Anglia and Carrow Road, uh, Norwich against Manchester United, um, green and gold versus green and gold. Um, now, 
I, I have to say this about United. We, we talked this season about all the comebacks they made, and then it's it's a question of whether you think it's uh, it's great fortitude and, and, and quality that you know, which is evidence that you can come back, or is it actually a sign that you get things wrong and then you scramble around madly at the end to get back into it? Um, I'm going to start with you, Dicko. Which is it? Because this strikes me as the kind of game where they sort of waited for the comeback and it never came, and maybe they shouldn't be getting themselves into those positions to begin with. I'll, I'll take your point. I mean, I think I think the, the problem in Man United, we just keep returning to the same same issues, don't we? Of of, of the fact is that it, most obviously the midfield um, is 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 lacking. I mean, it's you know we can say it a million times and it remains true. I mean, just looking at the marks and. Um, but uh, we gave them in the times times uh, in the game this morning. Michael Carrick four out of ten. Um, Brian Giggs five in the central midfield. And uh, who comes on to try and um, change the game? It's Paul Scholes. Um, you know, it's you know it, we can just say um, we've we've t- talked about this before. We'll talk about it again um, until Ferguson um, address, addresses that area. Yeah, there's not another Roy Keane out there, and I, and I was certainly guilty for a while. I think as United were when when Keane left, this idea that you know English clubs must have an enforcer type. You know, we've moved on from that, but it, you know, it, it sort of psychologically, I think it took um, it took United a bit a, a bit, and Ferguson admits himself. I think that he he probably got preoccupied for a couple of years of, of trying to sort of replace Keane with the next Roy Keane. It, it doesn't have to be that way, you know. We've 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 adapted and, and learned that even in England, you don't have to have a guy with his sleeves rolled up charging around intimidating people. But no, but, but in, in a game like the United certainly lack certainly lack something in the heart heart of that team right. and 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 the, and the, and the robustness and the and the and the drive is 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 missing. But I, I agree with you, especially in a game like this against anybody who's watched Norwich play will know that, that, that it's a busy midfield, it's a high-energy midfield. You need at least a little bit of dynamism, and Michael Carrick can can pass the ball, but you know he's not the most dynamic guy, and he's alongside somebody who's, who's nearly 40 years old. So why would you send that out? I mean, he had Tom Cleverley on the bench. I mean, it was Tom Cleverley, was he overexerted from his trip to Sweden? Was he keeping him fresh for, for the Champions League? I mean, how do you explain that, Dick? I mean, you have some insight into Sir Alex. Well, I can't. I can't. I mean, that's, I, well, even I, Anderson, I think, who just runs around, but I mean, still, it's something, right? Well, I think he presumably just thought, you know, with Norwich, Norwich um, setting up as they do, he probably thought, well, yeah, any any combination of my four can match, you know, any combination, um, any combination that Norwich sent out, which so say was 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 a. A smatter of complacency, which which isn't justified, as, as you said at the start. Given that they've, you know, they're not dominating teams at the moment. They've they've, they've relied on a, um, yeah, a bit of scrambling and a bit of, of you know, relying on on a great array of strikers. So yeah, I, I you know, and that's so we feel like you're sort of smashing this one over the head. It's just it's it's so blindingly, bleedingly obvious that. Um, uh, that this is you know, the, the critical area where United haven't strengthened. I mean, they've, they've had you know, other issues. The back four has been hugely unsettled, and to lose Vidic um, is is no small thing at all. And uh, you know, the back the back the back four, and they've chopped and changed goalies. So you know, it's not this isn't one issue, but the central miss. It's, it's just I think we're all struck by the the failure to address the centre the centre of midfield. It's just um, just one of those ones that you say even even a top club with a top manager. Now approaching junction at platform. Passengers, please 
location. iOS helps you control which apps you share your exact location with. There's more to iPhone. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You know, you, you can't begin to understand why it has not been tackled. Clive, um, Rooney wasn't there. Um, Tonsillitis, obviously, Kagawa's, uh, um, Kagawa's injured as well. But still, without that, the guys who were there, you expected you expected more, and I mean we haven't had you on. Where do you stand on this thing that United really aren't playing well, and, and those like sort of all those comebacks are just a sign of a team that's actually not well. Yeah, but it's funny. Yeah, it used to be that you know everyone says the sign of a good team is when they're not playing well, and you know they come back and take the points. Well, you know it's not a sign of a good team that they have to keep coming from behind all the time. Especially United, they've got so much. They should be going out. Dominating a, a game, getting it kind of getting it won, and then taking the you know taking the foot off the pedal. I, I was a bit. It was a strange sort of sent um, lineup as well because it's, I know it's a Champions League week, but United's Champions League campaign is kind of done. They're, you know they're through. I mean this would be the time where you could go out now and make a statement in the league because now you can rest your players in midweek. You know the Champions League. The, is it, I know it's Galatasaray, but it's Galatasaray, isn't it? Yes. Um, but you know, it's not an important game. You know, this was a game. Go and get the three points. Keep the pressure on in the league. Um, so a shocker to, to, to lose to Norwich, it has to be said, um, as well as Norwich are playing. I mean, we shouldn't take anything away from them. They're on a hell of a run at the moment. I think it's what, six games unbeaten now and and against you know fairly good teams. Um, Julian, Chris Shooten is one of the good guys. He's um, um, arguably a warrior of the light. Um, Norwich this season have, uh, um, you know, they've beaten a bunch of pretty unremarkable teams like Tottenham, Arsenal and Manchester United uh, and yes that's irony there um, is there a coincidence is there a, is there a pattern to their performances um, in those teams I mean can you point to something he's done well or did he just inherit a brilliant side from the brilliant Paul Lambert no, I think he's got good players I think he's got a good squad I, I think aha so it's all, it's all down to Paul Lambert then well, yeah, partly, yeah. I, I don't think Chris Hutton can get too much credit for putting all that squad together because he didn't do it. Tate? 
Yeah, t- he yeah. came up big. I mean, Tete was yeah, on the bench for Tete in, in the flash against Chelsea, and he was terrible. Yeah, like, you know, he was had huge. some bad games, yeah. but trust me, for Ren, uh, he had he he was never any better than rubbish. Every time he played for <laughs> that's that you know they let him go, and now he's doing some good things for Norwich. But I, I do I do believe though that um, Arsenal, for example, and even United on Saturday underestimated completely going to Norwich and playing that game. Uh, and and I think the managers as well made mistakes going to Norwich, Wenger and, and Ferguson in the, the way they selected their team. I think Ulahan is an amazing player, and and I think Norwich, you know, it plays some very very nice football as well, especially at home and and. Like Clive said, we shouldn't get any credit away from them because you know they've had those good games against against you know big big clubs, and I think Uton deserves some credit as well. All right, on to our debate topic this week, which has been chosen by um, our producer Chris Skinner. So I have no responsibility for this whatsoever. But this is the kind of lower league talk um, which those of us who are acolytes of the Sky Four don't really understand, but which apparently is very meaningful to you, little people. Uh, and again, I am being ironic here. I think it is quite a story. Um, we knew it was going to happen at some point um, that the past and the present would uh, would sort of collide. Uh, MK Dons and uh, an AFC Wimbledon. I, I kind of thought that they would probably end up meet while one slipped down the divisions and the other one came up through the divisions. Um, instead, uh, it looks as if they're going to play each other in uh, in the FA Cup. Um, and I thought this was a, a good opportunity to sort of revisit this, um, what is it, just over 10 years um, after Wimbledon played their, their final game. Um, I wanted to say at Plow Lane, but obviously it wasn't at Plow Lane. It was at Selhurst Park. But, um, Clive, I want to start with you. Uh, and bearing in mind that um, one of our bosses is a Milton Keynes Dons fans, uh, so we need to be very careful what we say. Um, AFC Wimbledon fans are conflicted, some of them. For the long time, I mean, NK Dons have been pariahs, and they're saying they're not even going to go to the game. Can you understand that? As a new, I mean, I'd say I'd want to. If I hate MK Dons, I'd want to go to the game, no, and I want to rub their faces in it. They just don't want to be um, be plenching their cop, uh, their coffers. I think by actually handing over money to actually walk into the Don Stadium, uh, I can kind of understand. This is I love this. I mean, this about you know grudge match movies. We're not building up. This is the sort of madness of a rivalry that football should be thriving on. I, you know, this is a great story as long as it stays the right side of you know doesn't tip into insanity and you know sort of AFC Wimbledon fans turn up there with torches and God knows what else and you know and violence breaks out. Which if you read some of the fans' forums, is uh, always uh, not too far away. But um, sorry, but aren't AFC Wimbledon fans all kind of like sort of middle class, like suburban sort of? Yeah. Uh, uh, well, maybe I don't, I uh, I only know well, I only know of one, uh, and I have to say uh, that one person got ended up having um, quite an altercation with the said MK Dons. Really? Uh, oh yeah. Well, let's ask Dicko because I think Dicko, this is your area of expertise since you probably live closer to those people. I think they're geographically they might they are my uh, my localist club. Yes. <laughs> But, um, no, so they, are they like that? Are they all do they all go organic and chop at weight rows and like? Yeah, absolutely. You um, you they only serve um, soya lattes in the um, not bovril, and um, the pies are um, made um, homemade and contain a lot of um, cardamoms and um, uh, not cardamoms, coriander. Um, but uh, no, it's 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 it's. I've been a few times. Um, I know guys are, are um, regular down there, and. It, 
it's certainly the, the times I've been, whether I was imagining it or not, it felt just a, a, a very happy. Um, it felt a, a, a fantastic place to go. There was there's a nice uh, little ground, which I mean, some cities they'll, they'll probably move on from, but everyone sort of there just seemed to vibe about the whole thing that was happy, and you don't get that at um, an awful lot of clubs. And there's just, there was just something about the support there that um, there's some sort of sense of communal um, shared. Um, Joy and 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 just happy, happiness at, at, at where they got to. But of course, this I went last went about six months a year ago, and since then things have taken a dip. And they sat the manager, and maybe have become sort of a little bit more like a a regular club where you know, suddenly you're not just sort of grateful to be alive. You actually sort of start to get a bit um, frustrated. So I don't know whether that sort of general positivity has started to slightly has started to evaporate a little um, which would be a great shame because but but inevitable because there always comes to a time when you know the happy clappiness um, turns to frustration Julian um I want to get your take on this, and I appreciate we might have different views here because, of course, you're a big fan of, of a club from a big city that was formed with big money and big sponsors out of nothing and artificially in 1970. Uh, was it 1970? Indeed. There you go. Yes. Uh, say hello to Paris Saint-Germain. Um, uh, whereas I kind of view it as when you support a club, you're just simply supporting a name and colors and that's it and you don't have to support anything else to do with it and you go wherever whatever division they're in um, but I, I can understand I can understand if, if going back 10 years how the FA came to that decision um, I don't agree with it uh, but by the same token um, what was all this business with the club's history um, how did that move to Milton Keynes? And couldn't they simply have said, okay, Wimbledon's no more. You reform the same club with the same history wherever AFC Wimbledon formed. And we have an open slot here in Winkleman. You can invent your own club. We release all the players in Winkleman. You invent your own club in Milton Keynes. Wouldn't that have been a more logical solution? I mean, I know it still wouldn't have made anybody happy, <laughs> but wouldn't that at least have been a slightly more fair? Yeah, I... Um Jump in there. I mean, you know, it wasn't as if there wasn't. I'm not quite sure what the terms. I think they're called Milton Keynes City. There is a football team there. They could have effectively done what um, AFC Wimbledon did, and then everybody would have loved them. They well, could not have, really because because they would have had to work their way up through the well, divisions. But that's and Wilkerman's here that's, now. He's rock and roll, right? But that's the but that's the way football is, and that's why AFC Wimbledon probably will always feel, and, and with a lot of neutral fans, will always feel that they have them all upper hand, the higher ground, because they did. They kind of. They did a Wimbledon again. They lived the football dream. They worked their way up. That's the whole point of a pyramid. It's not that you think, oh, I've got a lot of money here. I can buy that team and put them wherever I like, you know, um, uh, just just shove them around. Oh, and by the way, I'll take your, just for good credence, I'll take your 1988 FA Cup final victory as well. I yeah, mean, they've had to give that up. Like, what, 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 why? If you're MK Dons, why would you want that? Well, that they, they did eventually give it up, of course, about three or four years after um, after they formed because I think... Uh, I think a lot of sort of other fans, supporters, groups just just wouldn't acknowledge them. That, you know, if you're going to call yourself, if you finally admit that you are a new club, then you are a new club, and your history starts from 2002 or 2004. It was. It didn't. It doesn't start in 1988. Where is it? Where is it now? Where is that uh, FA Cup replica now? Is it? Is it back at AFC Wimbledon? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, Dicko, I want to get you on board because um, 
I think it's it's fair to say you, you probably have a better understanding here again, but let's let me put you in charge. I don't know if, if MK Dons have a director of communications, but if you were a director of communication, one of those highly paid communications consultant, consultants, um, what would you tell MK Dons to do? I mean. Uh, how should they be approaching it? Because we're getting on to the fact that, you know, it's been 10 years. They're, MK Dons have kids, or, or so our boss, the MK Dons fan, tells us. There's kids who go to the stadium who've got no, you know, who don't know about the history and why should they be penalized and, you know, why should they feel like pariahs and, and things like that. Um, what would you do if you were MK Dons? Well, no, all you do is, you know, try and stay sensible and, and, and respectful but because the mistakes have already been made and they're very hard to unwind. I mean, obviously the, the you know, the colossal blunder in the first place was to allow this to happen. I mean, it should not have allowed to happen. As Clive says, it's, you know, there's a pyramid structure in place and, and for very good reasons and there was, you know, if, if, if Milton Keynes can service a team, a professional team, that's clear. Um, they, cause they should have done it done it the hard way. The second mistake um was uh, taking the, the name Dons in the name, which is obviously Seal's theme as, as very provocative by AFC fans. Um, you know, they they want um, MK Dons to drop that part, but I, I just you know now that's now that's been established. Um, I think that seems unlikely. Um, Has it been established? I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm told that like sort of 70 years ago, um, like Manchester City were known as the Citizens, and now only sort of foreign commentators commentating on the Premier League call them that, right? So if I, yeah, if I, yeah, well, but it's we can I, unestablish yeah. that, right? They can. They they can. Anyone can change a name, I guess. Um, but uh, and you know, say if I was an AFC fan, I would um, very much want want them too because this is M- MK Dons has you know uh, has, has, has has nothing to do with Wimbledon, um, and so. Um, but that you know that's a, another error of the past that um, make as makes this story and, and makes the sort of whole. Fury of it, so so fascinating. I, I'm I'm quite intrigued by the by by you by the fact that AFC fans said they wouldn't go. I mean, there's part of me that would want to go there and scream and shout as loud as possible and and just pray and pray as much as I've ever prayed for anything that, that my team win and I can not only claim the moral high ground but stick it stick it up um, MK Dons. But um, you know, if you're not involved, I guess, because you know, ultimately this comes down to the heart and soul and passions of football fans. Unless you're one of them in this instance, I don't think we can second judge, second guess at all. It's, this is something sort of um, something in the heart, isn't it, clearly? And uh, that's, that's, again, part of the fascination of this story. It is an unusual story. It's a fascinating story. I said I feel a bit uncomfortable um, sort of bigging it up because it was artificially created by a stupid and unfair decision, in my opinion, anyway. Um, but let's just hope that, you know, game goes without incident and, and people don't, don't use this um, for their own ends. All right, time now for some quick hits. Now we got a new person with us, Clive. You're familiar with the drill on this. You have 30 seconds to answer. If you go too long, I will start pulling faces, okay? Uh, I'll try. All righty. When Queen's Park Rangers hosted Southampton, one clever headline writer called it El Sacico. And then after that, everybody jumped on board. Isn't that funny? El Sacico. Kee hee hee. Given the precarious, now this was, of course, given the precarious positions of Mark Hughes and Nigel Atkins. Well, Southampton won 3 1. Julian, if you were Tony Fernandez, you'd be very rich. Would you also be very much looking for a new manager. 
Well, I am actually Tony Fernandez, and I am very rich indeed. And I am looking for a new manager as well. So send all your um, CVs and everything to my uh, to my PA because clearly it's not working with Mark Hughes. Uh, I don't think the player is responding to you know what he wants to you know to them the way they. The one, sorry, the way he wants them to play and, and things like that. Just nothing is working, and it's not going to improve at all. I think. Uh, I think he got it wrong with transfers as well, and with like tactical choices. So yeah, I'm definitely looking for someone else. No love for Sparky. Would you replace Kia your option as well? Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We definitely, definitely, right. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dicko, you're the biggest England fan here. Following the friendly against Sweden last week, which Z-man would you rather discuss, Zlatan or Zaha, or both? Uh, I think we've done that goal to death, haven't we? It was damn, damn, damn good, but um, not that in my... Uh, yes. We all read your pieces. So you'd rather yeah. talk Zaha, right? Uh, well, I'm quite interested, interested by Zaha. I mean, not least the fact that he thinks he's the third best player in the world, which is um, which is great. Um, he's a, obviously a confident lad, and he's obviously going to get a move to a Premiership club um, soon. But I, I, I don't think. Um, and but until he does that, until he starts playing regularly, I don't think we'll see him back in the England squad. I think he needs. Um, I, 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 I think he's got huge promise, um, but. Um, yeah, I want to see him get that move, and I want to see him uh, start um, start doing it um, at the top level. How far back do you have to go to find the last time the third best player in the world was English? Uh, David Beckham. Stop it. He was voted. I think you're fine. He was voted in to see for top three, wasn't he? Then certainly it must be true. Yeah. And yeah but Michael Owen won the battle. <laughs> yeah, <was> exactly. <laughs> West Bromwich Albion win again 2-1 against Chelsea Clyde before this week my Wolf supporting friend was telling me that West Brom really weren't that good because they hadn't beaten anyone of note except for Liverpool and Everton and Liverpool really aren't of note now that they've defeated the defending European champions should he be changing his tune? Um, yeah they're better than Wolves by any stretch of the imagination <laughs> um, they were absolutely woeful it's a, it's, a, it's a great run it's a great story you know it's up there people are marvelling at, uh, at Everton at the moment you know they've actually started the season brilliantly well West Brom have done exactly the same and who would have well, Everton have played been, better yes maybe no yeah, they probably. I haven't seen enough of West Brom, but I mean, you know, everybody always says the league table doesn't lie. West Brom are not up there, you know, up there on merit, surely, you know. And beating Chelsea, it's a good time to play Chelsea. November is always a good time to play Chelsea, it seems to me. Um, whatever year you're in, um, it's nice that Steve Clark finally, you know, forever the perennial number two, perhaps, you know, showing perhaps he really does have what it takes to be number one. I'm not sure this story's got legs. Let's say that. Um, uh, I think they were probably in the same position as Everton in that their their squad. Um, is nowhere near good enough, I think, to to keep this sort of run going. And uh, if Long wraps it up or Odom Mingi goes off to the African Nations Cup, then we'll see what happens. How dare Odom Mingi go off to the African Nations Cup and play for his country? Roberto Di Matteo may argue the contrary, but it's pretty obvious that he rested a bunch of regulars at the Hawthorns with a view to the big clash with the Juventus Tuesday night. Um, with hindsight, this was obviously a mistake, yes? Or was it actually that... Chelsea were pretty unlucky, and then if they didn't have Torres and Sturridge up front, but two able-bodied human beings, they might have won. No, it was a mistake. Don't tell me they can't play. You know, to, like they can't play Saturday and then again uh, the week after that in the Champions League. Mistake, especially in the form they were before that. It's no winning four now, and I, ju- I just don't understand what he's doing again. Um, and I thought, you know, I don't think they were they were good enough, and it's partly because of the manager. Ooh, ouch. 
Dicko, your old pal, Roberto Mancini, is top of the Premier League. He has the stingiest defense, the second most prolific attack, and the best goal difference. I know they kind of stunk up the joint in the Champions League, but they do get a, a chance of, uh, for redemption this week. And are they really going to stack him at the end of the season if he doesn't win the Premier League? Or is it all down to whether they can get the man they call Pep? They might sack him if he does win the Premier League. Um, I don't Even if they think, can't get Pep? Well, I think Pep's a, Pep's a key, isn't he? I mean, uh, Chelsea would love him. They thought they were doing well to get him. Now, then a couple of um, Catalans turned up in um, at Man City in executive positions. And um, perhaps um, City are now in the favourites uh, wow. for, for Guardiola. But Man United, if you're a Man United, you'd be mad not to um, be fishing around for him too. And they've had dinner with Guardiola in New York recently as well. So potentially a three-way chase for him. Um, if I were Guardiola, I would go to uh, Old Trafford. Um, but uh, that's to be resolved. But yeah, Mancini's on, Mancini's on shaky ground. As long as he's Man City manager, that's that's just the, that's just the fact. Liverpool roll over Wigan Athletic three uh, 0 which no doubt makes our boss Tony Evans happy. Luis Suarez scores two goals, even as rumors fly around that he's on City's most wanted list. Now, Clive, uh, this was a bizarre story last week because City immediately denied the speculation and actually hinted that it was Liverpool themselves who were putting this evil story around. Um, I want to ask you, can you see any scenario where it makes sense for Liverpool to sell him, uh, especially if he continues doing crazy bad stuff like he does when he goes and nearly breaks that's the guy's ankle? That, that's, what the, that's the only thing I was going to bring up. Only if he can, he, he can't possibly keep getting away with those tackles. I mean, not one of them has earned him a sort of a, the red card that they deserve just yet. Any scenario where Liverpool should sell him? Absolutely none. I mean, they would be... They'd be mad. I mean, not only is he the only person scoring, he's the only person who looks like scoring. He's the only person who creates any other chances for anybody else. So, get Suarez may leave. I can understand that. But Liverpool to sell him, they'd be absolutely mad. Mm-hmm. And, you know. I would have thought every man has his price. Yeah, one for you. As you can probably tell from my accent, I don't follow the French League very closely. So please tell me what incredible event took place on Saturday when Paris Saint-Germain, the best team in the world, hosted Rennes. Well, this was, I don't know of any other um, time that something like this happened, that somebody down to nine men holds out for uh, 39 minutes plus three minutes of injury time away from home against a team whose budget is like a million times as big, roughly speaking. Um, I'd have you tell me, because obviously you are a Paris Saint-Germain fan and uh, uh, you do follow the French League rather closely, and my question was ironic, but I don't want to rub it in because I know how painful it must have been. Um, It was was simply bizarre. I mean, Carlo Ancelotti, the Paris Saint-Germain manager, came out after the game and uh, said, we can't use Slatan Ibrahimovic's absence as an excuse. Uh, We played badly. This is a totally disjointed uh, team of individuals. It's my job to make this into a team. Um, I need to do a better job of that. Personally, I think if Carlo Ancelotti can't manage these big egos, given his track record, um, I'm starting to think maybe nobody can, and maybe God is punishing Nasser Al Khalifi for being too rich, or and maybe Leonardo for being too handsome, and Ancelotti for being too good. Um, it's it's the only explanation I can find. But all credit to Ren and their incredible goalkeeper Check and Jay, who uh, started one game for them in the past eight years, and in that game turned into sort of some kind of combination of Gigi Buffon, Ika Casillas, good Joe Hart, not bad Joe Hart, and Godzilla, and saved everything in sight. 
That's all we've got time for this week. It's been fun. It's been real. Come find us on Twitter to share your thoughts. I'm on there. Clive, you're on there as well. What's your Twitter handle? Uh, CP01. CP01. Isn't it obvious? I think sort of C3PO, but then with other numbers and letters in there. Uh, Matt, you're on there, of course. Dickinson, the Times. And Julian, you are at, there at? Yeah, Lawrence Julian. Lawrence Julian. Just like Julian Lawrence, only backwards. Uh, you can go to the times.co.uk. You'll find your news, your gossip, your analysis. My web chat on a Tuesday, as well as my blog this week on a Tuesday as well. Uh, it's a double treat. If you like listening to me or reading my stuff, if not, then tell me how much I stink. Uh, till next time. Bye-bye. helps you control which apps you share your exact location with. There's more to iPhone. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.